right. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to episode one of Bonding Over Books. Uh, I'm Dave. I'm Holly. And we are a UBAM couple. That means I decided to become a UBAM consultant about five years ago. And Dave has thrown his hat in. He's pretty impressed. So when when you said, that means, I, I figured you were going to say what UBAM is. Like, come on, Dave, don't just throw out an acronym with nothing to, like, back it up. Uh, so, would UBAM... UBAM stands for Usborne Books and More, mm-hmm. which is the publishing company that I represent. Indeed. Uh, as a as an independent consultant. Indeed. So there's a good chance that if you are listening to this episode, uh, I would wager, based on my knowledge of uh, podcasts, either you already are a UBAM consultant, and that's why you're listening to this first episode of ours, because um, you found out about it through some channel with other UBAM consultants, or you're, like, new and finding out about it, and you probably listen to one of our later podcasts uh, instead, um, but then, like, liked it so much you decided, hey, I'm going to go back and listen to episode one. Um, that's, that's my prediction. But I think I've done enough uh, spitballing. Why don't we talk about our topic okay. for this evening? Well... Our topic for today is the top five fears we've had mm-hmm. in this business and how we overcame them. Indeed. Very important part to throw in there. Indeed. Now, I know you've got three mm-hmm. and I've got two. And the format for this podcast overall is going to be like a top five. One of the reasons I went with that is because I figured you would usually have three and I'd have two. That way you could always have the first and the last word. Uh-huh. That's a good way to, you know, treat your wife. Right. Well, plus you just have a lot more to say mm-hmm. about UBAM business. And I'm, I'm trying to do less talking and more listening. Okay. So would you like to, to give us the, the sure. first one? The Holly. first one, and I, I've got to put this first because it, it was the beginning. Okay. It, it was the big fear of deciding to join. Okay. To become a consultant to uh to decide to th- to decide to give it a try. I was terrified. In fact, I went to my first party. It was online. I fell in love with the books. I didn't buy anything cuz we were broke <laughs> we at the time. Were, yeah. Totally broke. Yeah. And um the consultant doing it was like, "Oh, that's fine." Messaged me like a week later and was like, "Hey, would you like to uh, try being a consultant? And I was like, no way. I can't do that. I don't have any sales experience. That sounds really overwhelming. I have no idea what I would, how to do it. I just had like every excuse in the book why I wasn't going to do it. And I thought about it for a couple of months. And, and I remember that. And I remember I, I wanted to support you. At, at first it seemed like, Maybe you were wanting to do it because it was a friend, and maybe you were looking for somebody to tell you, like, "Hey, Holly, you don't, you don't have to do it. You don't have to feel pressure." So, so at first, that's the role that I was trying to play was, uh, you know, kind of being the the voice of, 
you know, why, you know, I was, I was trying to give you plenty of outs. Um, in hindsight, that was not what you needed because you knew right away I, that it would I, be. I knew right away that there was something really special about the books. Yeah. I love books and I just saw them and I was like, I need those. I need to find a way to get those. We had three kids at the time. Still have Still three kids. Still just right. Um, and I just really needed those books. And and I'll say that all the reasons that I gave to like give you an out, uh, none of them were reasons against Usborne Books and More. They were reasons against just direct marketing or multi-level marketing in general. Because we've we've had some experience in the past with other companies. We don't need to name names or anything, but um, but I think that one of the things that got me on board more and more was every time I would give you an out, you'd be like, oh, well, actually, that's not really a thing with with this one. Um, uh, like being afraid that, oh, well, you know, with multi-level marketing companies, usually it's, uh, you know, the, the customers, and you can't see my ear, air quotes, but I'm making air quotes right now, the customers, you know, are really the people selling books, like, you know, with lots of direct sales that do like healthcare products and stuff like that. It's like, well, you have to be buying so much every month in order to, to keep your status. So that was one of the first things I was like, Hey, you know, we got to watch out for this. And you're like, no, Dave, that's, that's not a thing with, with this company. I was like, Oh, okay. But sorry, you keep going. Okay. I'll, hear... I'll keep going. <laughs> so I was, I was really scared of failing. Mm. I think that was my big fear. I was afraid that I would spend the money I would get overwhelmed and I would quit and then I would feel like I had wasted my money and wasted my time and I would be embarrassed. Ooh, I hate being embarrassed. But the more I thought about it, the more it just like felt good, mm-hmm. like in my gut. And then uh, the consultant messaged me again and she was like, well, I have this event. Would you like to just come and find out some more information? And I was like, okay, wouldn't it hurt? And then I was hooked. I knew I knew I wanted to do I just had to wait till I had some extra money. So as soon as we got some money, which was a couple months later, mm-hmm. I think, in fact, it was our tax returns. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I think that it was like, hey, Dave, I want to use some of this to do this thing. And, you know, I, I probably just wanted to do it on something frivolous and nerdy. I was like, well, I certainly don't have a better alternative. <laughs> um, I mean, and it wasn't a lot of money. I think it was right. like 100 bucks. Right. I mean, it was a lot of money to us right. at that time. Yes. Definitely. Um, but I went ahead and I just did it. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Yeah. Five years later, yeah. still enjoying it. Well, and, and and do you think we've earned our hundred bucks back? Oh, easily, like <laughs> many times over. Well, and and I mean, one of the things that I've realized is we've gotten so much more out of it than just the the straight dollar numbers. I mean, because we we do our taxes every year, and you know, looking at expenses and costs, and you know, it's it's. It's never been like, oh, the profit margin is so crazy high. It's amazing. But, I mean, but the business does pay for itself. 
And it's so fulfilling for you and seeing the kids get involved with it. And we've got so many of those books. I mean, I remember when you started, our whole thing was saying like, hey, at the very least, you're getting uh, discounts on these books that we both agreed were amazing. And the, <laughs> the moment where I was really sold that just like pushed me over the top was um, uh, Holly said to me um, one evening, well, Dave, you know that you, you've got some Usborne books. I'm like, I do? And uh, sure enough, when I was, let's see, we've, we've got this photo on the fridge. Let me take a look at the year. You can keep telling the story while I look at the year. So David had two books that he had kept from his childhood. Well, you know, a whole box of books from his childhood. But two of them I saw were Osborne books. Okay, so it was a set of four. I got them the Christmas of 1991. I have, to this day, I have no idea how, I mean, my mom must have attended an Osborne home party or something uh, back then. But uh, they were four science books uh, about reptiles, birds, insects, and ocean. fish and ocean, right? Uh, ocean life, and I loved them. Like I, they, I loved the illustrations in them. I loved the photos. I loved uh, the facts. Oh yeah, my my favorite was they they had these true or false uh, little factoids uh, on several of the pages, and I just loved trying to figure out which one of the uh, which of them were were true and which were false, and going back to the answer key at the back of the book. Um, but I love these books and, and the information was great and, and really interesting. Like it, it wasn't just dry science. It was compelling and interesting. And, and like Holly said, I kept those books for as long as, you know, I, we still have, them. right. At least one of them <laughs> has, has survived all the moves. Um, and so when Holly told me, oh yeah, Dave, you, you, you have Osborne books. And I realized it was those books. I was like, oh. And that told me a few things. One, that this wasn't just like a fad company that came out of nowhere and was going to be gone the next year. It's like, oh, this has been around since my childhood at least. Um, it also told me, oh, well, these books last forever, <laughs> you know, unless they get lost in a move or something. Um, and I knew that the books were uh, great. Like, you know, besides just the quality of lasting so long, they're just, they were some of my favorite books. So here's up. a fun fact you might not know. Okay. Usborne Books and More has been around for 31 years. Really? Indeed. Last summer there was the 30th anniversary. Hmm. All right. I'll, I'll, later on, another time, I'll do the math to figure out how close that was to 1991. I should be able to do the math off the top of my head. But All right, how will we go to fear number two? All right, so, so my yeah. first fear. So my first fear uh, came up when you uh, were going to start having inventory. Because at first, you were just doing home parties, and, you know, you would have a few things to, like, display, but mostly it was, like, taking orders and stuff. Um, but at a certain point, you wanted to do events where you could have inventory on hand, to sell. Um, and of course, you know, I was worried about, well, how are we going to have money up front to like, you know, buy these books and try to sell? Cause I know that, that can be a whole 
uh, scary nightmare thing when people are like going into debt to pay for stuff. And you're like, no, 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 Dave, there's a, there's this whole consignment system where, um, you know, you're able to, you know, basically have the books sent to you. And after you sell them, that's when, you know, you, you pay the money for them. Um, so that was good that we didn't have to like go into debt or anything. Um, but I was very worried about, um, you know, what would happen if the books didn't get sold. And in the back of my mind, there was maybe a piece that was like, oh man, if there's a house fire, or if the kids like get into your office and just trash a bunch of books. Um, you know, that, that was, that was part of the fear, but I think it was also just like, I mean, things have been going well, but you know, pretty soon we're going to run out of friends who haven't bought books yet. And you know, what's going to happen if we've got this huge inventory? Um, so, so that was my fear, and, and I'm, I'm happy to talk about what got me over that fear, but first I'll pause and see if you've got any um, insights, like if, if you had any fear about inventory at that time. Um, I don't remember okay. being frightened of that. I just knew, well, I'll say that it was coming up to my first fall selling season, which... Um, if you are a consultant or any kind of sales, you know that fall is when people do a lot of shopping. Mm. And I had a bunch of stuff on my calendar. So I wasn't really scared about not being able to sell it. Sure. So, so I'll say what, what eventually got me over that fear was, you know, over the years, Holly would have event after event after event. <laughs> and by the way, I should say that... When I first had that fear, I mostly kept it to myself because, you know, I didn't want to be, uh, I didn't want Holly to feel like I didn't believe in her and I didn't want, you know, and I knew that for me to be expressing fear could just have a cascading effect where, well, if she's always nervous about me being stressed about this, she might not order enough and if she's not ordering enough, then, you know, the sale might not go so well. So I really tried to keep it to myself for a while. And I'm glad that I did um, because, well, I'll say this. It's not that I kept it to myself. It's that I believed in Holly. And that was well-founded because eventually after so many events, uh, we found that the more common problem wasn't having too much inventory. It was not having enough. Like, you know, you having back-to-back-to-back events, you know, you'd have one event that would go amazing and then you've got like two more events where it's like, oh, now I've got to scramble and reach out to other consultants in the area and try and, you know, uh, put together enough of an inventory for these other events. And just seeing how often that was the case helped me realize that, oh yeah, too much inventory is not a problem uh, for this business. All right. How about number three? Number three, indeed. All right, I, okay, so again, this throws back to the very beginning, and it's something I have a fear about every single time I do it, home parties, Mm. doing my own home party, I was really scared to invite people over, uh, because I thought people would think my house was too messy, or too small, and especially I thought my kids would be embarrassing, again, I don't like to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. 
So every single time now I'm going to have a home party, I worry about my house Mm -hmm. and my kids. But I just did it because I knew I needed to. And nobody cared about the house. Like, I mean, I tidied up. It wasn't like there was garbage all over. But it wasn't, like, pristine. And nobody cared because everybody was having such a good time hanging out and enjoying the books. And I'm pretty sure I had David take the kids out for my first home party. Mm. And now, most of the time when I'm going to have a home party... I schedule it for in the middle of the day when my kids are at school. Hmm. So people can come over when their kids are at school and pick up books, especially during the holidays when they don't want their kids to see what they're getting. Right. Yeah, that's true. These days, when kids come to the home parties, it's usually only just like babies yeah. who aren't old enough to be in school yet. Yeah, it's a great point. So fun fact about this fear this is one I have still not overcome oh. yet. I, I have yet to host my own home party. Indeed. Um, I, I think for me, the, the biggest fear is just knowing my friends, uh, just the fear that nobody would come. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just feeling the letdown for that. Um, Maybe well, I need better friends. <laughs> maybe you need to give your friends an opportunity. True. Yeah. So, you know what? Having an opportunity to state this now here to a public audience for all the world to know my fears, uh, I'll need to overcome this. And in fact, if if you, as an audience member, are listening to this fear and we've figured out uh, how to contact us through social media, I'm sure we'll get there. Maybe not in episode one, but... You can call him out and ask him if he's done it. That's right. Uh, and, and I hope you will. Whether you're listening to this as a new episode or way far in the future after episode 500 of this podcast. <laughs> Either way, please call me out. Ask me if I have yet uh, hosted that home party for my friends to buy books. All right. Do you want to... Uh... The next one? Yes. Uh, number four? Number four. So this one is also kind of related to inventory. Um, but this was a fear when Holly started doing events that were so big, they, they were too big for one consultant to do on their own, like uh, America's largest holiday bazaar. I can't remember what it's called here in Portland area. But um, Holly was doing big events, and they required the kind of inventory that we couldn't even just keep in our house. So, And she couldn't work the events by herself or even with my help. So she partnered up with other UVM consultants, and they kind of pooled their inventories together. Well, I – this may have been during the time where I was still keeping to myself that fear about <laughs> inventory in the first place. Um but, um, sorry. Anyway, where I was going with it was, you know, having multiple consultants working together meant that tracking the inventory was something that I was terrified about because I already didn't understand the whole system of like, oh, the book's coming in and keeping track of which books, you know, are getting paid for in the consignment and which books, you know, uh, basically it, it was all over my head. 
and that's scary for me. But to also feel like, hey, with you know multiple consultants working together and pooling their books, how do you keep track of all of that? So it terrified me. I think more than anything else in the in the business that scared me. I knew he was terrified at that point. <laughs> um, so the two things that helped me get past that fear, one of them was, um, you know, again, just seeing that, hey, she did these events. Maybe I didn't have an answer, but it was obvious that she and the other consultants were making it all work out. And so, hey, that's great. Even though I don't understand it, I can trust in them. The other thing was there was one particular event where things weren't working out, where the numbers weren't aligning and there were issues with, hey, well, how do we know who sold what? And, you know, we've got eight sales of this particular book, but three of them were brought by Holly and two of them were brought by, you know, this consultant. One was brought by that consultant. So, you know, how do we track whose was sold from what inventory? Um, and that's when I got to make my master spreadsheet. And we got all the records from everybody and I was able to import and, and uh, we were able to scan our own inventory with... Uh, uh, barcode scanner that Holly purchased and that's where I really got to be involved and insert myself in and say okay here's a process we're going to work this out and get this down like to the number um, and and when that worked and that spreadsheet was like uh, successful that was a really satisfying thing like that was really gratifying for me uh, not just as a nerd but as like you know, a, a business partner as, as part of the family business that I got to, you know, have a real contribution other than just supporting you in the background. Um, so that uh, process of creating that spreadsheet is what helped me really overcome that fear that, hey, moving forward in the future, we're going to have this spreadsheet. I created it as a reusable template. And uh, there's a very good chance that if you're listening to this first episode, it may be because you're one of those people who told me you wanted the spreadsheet and I happened to include a link to the podcast when I finally sent you that spreadsheet. And now you know the story behind it. So there you go. Well, I will say that the spreadsheet does work well, especially in those instances where multiple people are pooling their inventory, mm -hmm. which doesn't have to happen very often, a couple times a year, mm -hmm. especially in fall when we are doing those Crazy events mm -hmm. and and multiple crazy events. Yes, like, multiple at a time. crazy events week after week. So I'm glad that that helped ease your fear. Yeah, and I'm glad that that has proved useful. For you. Very useful. All right, number five. Number five. All right, number five is messaging people and asking them to come to a party. Hmm. I was scared because I didn't want to appear pushy or overly salesy. Mm. I wanted it to not negatively impact my relationships with people. And I was really scared that people would be rude or they just wouldn't come. Mm. But I just had to realize um, if people weren't interested, they would probably just ignore it, which whatever. Mm -hmm. I do that too. Um, True. 
if I mean, if I see like an ad on Facebook and I'm not interested in the product, I just scroll past and it's yeah. not a big deal. Right? You don't invest the time in swearing the person out no. for like trying to sell you something. No, I don't do that. Right. No. Um. What What would happen is they would either ignore it, say no, thank you, give some kind of reason why they couldn't attend, or they would say yeah. So I just had to go through like, okay, what's the worst thing that happened? Is that it's being ignored worse than not trying? No, I don't I don't think so. I think knowing that I didn't even try would feel worse to me than than being ignored or say or having someone say no thanks. Yeah. And I, again, that's a fear I'm still getting over because well, I need to invite my friends you to do. a home party. And you know what? We just had our uh, convention, uh-huh. our, our 2020 convention. Right. And so tomorrow I'm going to be ordering a whole bunch of new titles. Okay. So when they come in, you can have your own friend party. Right. So here's, here's what I need help with is finding the hook okay. for my friends because with... And this is going to sound awful, um, but with moms, I feel like there is an inherent, like, um, draw to, like, oh, you want what's best for your kids, and you want your kids to be happy and to have good books to read is and stuff. Is there not that draw for men? Uh, there, uh, I mean, I think for men it's like, oh, well, you want your family to be well provided for and, like, you know, bring, you know, take care of the finances and keep it, keep them safe. I think that for a lot of men, they're not like, oh, I want to make sure that my kids have good books to well, read. Well, you know what you need to do then? You need to reread that chapter of Reading is Magic, Reading Magic oh, by Mem Fox. Don't get me wrong. And, sh- and share the information about men reading with their kids. I mean, I am sold. I, so I understand that it's important. What you need to do is be so sold that it's important to you to overcome your fear. Right. Right. So, yeah. So I just need to figure out how to convey to my friends that, hey, your kids are really missing out if you are not reading to them. Yeah. They, there is uh, some awesomeness in you that your kids just won't get without them hearing your voice reading to them high-quality books. Mm-hmm. All right, I think I think I've got a, I think I've got a hook, right. uh, bubbling in my head, that has something to do with like, the the pride that some dads have, with how awesome their voice, like their reading voices are. Mm. That's that is very much a dad pride thing, um, not for every dad, but at least for some dads. Like, oh yeah, the kids love it when I read because I do all the cool voices. So. We need to find some books that really um, that that have a lot of opportunity All for right. cool voices. I think we can do that. I think I think we can. I think we'll need to report back what we find for for the first minute of next week's episode. I agree. I agree. All right, so we will look forward to sharing that in episode two of Bonding Over Books. Uh, thank you for joining us for episode one, Holly. Any. Last thoughts? Yes, I will say a disclaimer that this is in no way endorsed by 
Osborne Books and More Home True. Office. Right. This is just something we are doing as a consultant couple. Yep. It's uh, it's for fun. It's a way that we get to bond over books. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean that's that's uh, that's the main reason we're doing it. And right, this is not official UBAM material. It's just um, it's not a fanfic because it's not fiction, but. <laughs> independently produced Indeed. there we go right hey thanks so much everybody for joining us hopefully uh, we'll get to do more of these uh, I certainly had fun I'm enjoying it Sh- should we announce our topic for next week I, yes we absolutely should introduce the topic for next week alright so in case um, you want to know if it's going to be worth your time right I think our topic for next week will be um. Do you need a reminder? And yes, I do. I'm looking uh, at the I, list. I believe I it was remember. the top five time wasters. Oh yes, top five next, time next wasters. Week. So that being the things, the the top five things that that Holly and I just were so convinced was going to be crucial for the business, and and invested a lot of time into setting these things up, only to realize. Yeah, not not so much. That was not the greatest use of our time, but a learning opportunity. So hopefully you will uh, chime in, not chime in, tune in, tune in next week as we talk uh, top five time wasters. But thank you for joining us for our top five fears that we have overcome as a UBAM couple. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.